You had a computer in, in high school? Because I only had the family computer. I had my own personal computer. Ooh, so let me tell you, having only a family computer causes some problems in high school. Jimmy Tatro. What do you think happens when a YouTuber blows up and becomes a TV and movie star, all while dealing with a life-altering ailment that he's kept secret until today? I'm Anthony Padilla, and I spent today with Jimmy Tatro to find out. Hello, Jimmy. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. I'm pretty sure I met your mom and I'm not even trying what to make a joke. Fuck, I'm not even trying to make a joke here. <laughs> where, where? I was in jury duty. 2015, they had all these questions for each person, like, what do you do for a living? And I, they're like, I'm not just gonna say YouTuber. And I was like, um, video producer. And they're like, what kind of videos? I was like, fuck, uh, they definitely think it's porn. So um, yeah, okay, I have a sketch comedy channel with 20 million subscribers. Okay, your mom was actually one of the, the jurors sitting in front of me. She was like, my son has a YouTube channel. I was like, Oh, really? What is it? She was like, Life According to Jimmy. He makes sketch comedy too. I was like, oh, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. I had no idea about that. She was shouting you out, bro. You got another subscriber. She's always shouting. She was my first subscriber. She was your first? Yeah. I told her right when the channel went live and she, yeah. she said, I want to be the first subscriber and she clicked subscribe right away. What was your first YouTube channel? My first YouTube channel was called the Jimmy Tatro channel. I would kind of upload sketches to there. And then once I got to college, I would do impersonations of this one guy in the fraternity who was like a absolute ma maniac. Put them into one video called Frat Life. It went viral, which was like 100,000 views at the time. And then I just kind of started building that. Do you remember the moment when you blew up? When you were like, oh, this could, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna have to click my own ads anymore. Other people are gonna click these. Yeah, it was, it was spring break freshman year. That was when I first started getting recognized and people started like asking me for photos. After about five minutes, I was like, oh, this is no good. Everyone was like very aggressive. People were confused like, oh, that's, is that not you? I'm like, no, I mean, that's just a character. So I kind of started like slowly phasing it out. When you decided to move away from making frat bro stuff, you got a call that kind of pulled you back in. The last hurrah, yeah. if you will. I got a call from um, my friend, Tim. He said to me, hey, Yusuf wants your number, who was a prank prankster on YouTube. Five minutes later, after I said, you can give him my number, I get a call from an unknown number. I don't answer it. I get a text. Hey man, Tyler Perry here trying to reach you. I'm like, here we go, dude. I just, gave, I just gave this prankster my number and yeah. now I'm getting a call from Tyler Perry. Get another call, I'm like, hello? Hey man, it's Tyler Perry. I'm like, all right, dude. And I'm just kind of like being a dick. You're like, that, this impression's not even good. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm, in my head, I'm like, he hired a Tyler Perry impersonator. They're all sitting around the phone giggling. Yeah. I'm like, okay. He's like, so listen, man, you know, I'm, I'm doing Boo and Medea Halloween and I'd like you to play a frat boy. And I'm like, dude, Listen, I don't know if you hired a Tyler Perry impersonator, if you got like a voice box or something, but I'm not buying it, dude. And he's like, what? You don't believe it's me? What, Tyler Perry's just cold calling me? Yeah, right. And he's like, you want me to FaceTime you? And I'm like, yeah. 
FaceTime me. I like answered it like holding it like this because I thought they'd be on the other side with like cameras. Yeah, like, yeah, you're like trying not to name. show your face. And, and I'm like trying not to show my face and it's fucking Tyler Perry sitting at his desk and I'm just like, oh my God, Mr. I'm so, I am so sorry. I did not. And he's like, anyway, so you down? And I was like, yeah. You, you can't say no at that point. Yeah, oh yeah. We're, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's do it. Within five days later, I was, I was home and wrapped. So moral of the story, if you get a call from Tyler Perry, it might actually be Tyler Perry. If you get a call from Tyler Perry, it's probably him. <laughs> Do you think that there was anything from your childhood or anything that gave you that drive to want to create content, you know, on YouTube and then become an actor and make all these things that a lot of people just dream of become a reality? Growing up in LA and not having that much money can really instill a drive when you're like oh the only thing that really is causing problems seems to be money yeah i want to make sure that that's not the case and just you know work yeah, I, my ass off to alleviate that and i went to a private high school and i started like experiencing levels of wealth that i didn't even know existed like i thought like <laughs> i thought like the rich kids just simply like had their own room did you not have your own your own room growing up until i was like 13, it was me, my brother, and my sister mm. all in one bedroom. I also had, I grew up with two younger siblings. Oh, really? The oldest. It might have been different because I grew up in, in a you know, single parent household, but I felt like I was the man of the house. I felt like, mm -hmm. I felt like all the responsibility was on me if anyone was going to, you know, be, be dug up out of this rut that it felt like we were all in. I think that is partially what drove me to start creating, um, you know, using the internet as a tool. My dad, you know, they were separated, but my dad had a little bit more money and, you know, access to, to some cool stuff. And he got me a computer, even though my mom did not want me to have a computer or the internet in my bedroom. Because what happens when a 12-year-old boy has the computer and internet in, in a private space? So I saw my computer as this gateway to infinite possibilities. I had no physical resources, but whatever you could think of, like that was the only limit. When I first got a video camera when I was like 12, that was kind of what opened up that kind of, it unlocked that portion of my mind. Yeah. And I started to think, man, I can like make my skate videos <laughs> and like get them seen and then I'll, you know, blow up. It was always like, how do you eventually get huge and then have enough money to like make your whole family not have to worry about money anymore. So you uh you had a computer in in high school? Yeah. Uh-oh. Cuz I only had the family computer. Ooh, I had my own personal computer. Ooh, so let me tell you, having only a family computer causes some problems in high school. What were the issues? Well, Let's just say I liked it when they, no one was home. Oh, mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would take all the best pictures of boobs, mm. put them on a Word document, print it out, <laughs> <laughs> hide it under my bed so I could just have that. Oh, yeah. And so one time I was... <laughs> I was printing it because I knew it was only it was only so much time that I'd have on the computer before my parents would get home. Yeah, and I and, and my boob viewing would be would would come to an end. Yes, but I didn't want that. No, I needed to see boobs again. I'm like 11, 12 here. Yeah. okay. All boobs are all I can think about. I had it printing and it was coming out of the printer, 
and my, I see my parents' car pulling into the driveway. Oh, fuck. And I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I like, hit cancel, cancel, yeah. rip the page out, go to my room. And then like three hours later, I'm taking a shower. And I just hear, Jimmy! And my dad just opens the shower door. I'm like, Dad, <laughs> your brother just went to print out his book report and this came out. And it was just the other half of my book document. Oh, fuck. And he's like, what do you have to say for yourself? And I was like, I already talked to mom about that. Because my mom had like come at me about some search history stuff. Okay. That I blamed my dad for. <laughs> so he was probably just like, this little shit. But the funniest, the funniest boob thing, not to go down this weird, perverted sixth grade path. Every sixth grader watching right now is like, yeah, homie. They're I like, get dude, you. I yes. get you. <laughs> we, we all have random boners too. But we, I remember we, we, I was at my friend's my friend's house, everyone went to bed and we're like, this was the first time I ever, we ever looked up anything. I think we were like 10, yeah. maybe 11. And we go on Internet Explorer and we're just looking at all this stuff. Carmen Electra boobs, <laughs> XXX boobs. Everything boobs. Boobies. Yeah. Boobies XXX. How many ways can you spell boobs? Yeah. You know, whatever. We look at it. We start to go to bed and, and my friend whose sleepover it was starts to get like, I gotta tell my dad. <laughs> what? And I'm like, what, dude? No, don't tell, what? don't tell your dad. And he's like, I'm like, just we just gotta like delete the search history. Yeah. So we go to delete the search history. He doesn't trust it enough. He drags Internet Explorer into the trash bin, which at the time was a big deal. You had to like down, you had to like get a CD and download a new Internet Explorer application. So he deleted the internet from his dad's computer because he was so worried that his dad would see it. And then he starts feeling all guilty about it. And he starts crying. And he's like, I gotta tell my dad. Goes into the bedroom like, dude, no. And his dad must have been like, I mean, your kid comes in crying about looking at porn. Like, <laughs> in hindsight, that's hilarious. But at the time, I'm like, I'm like, dude, we're busted. It's gotta be a hilarious time to have a kid. Cause you just see them just doing mischievous shit all the time. And you're like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Yeah. You're just trying to find boobs. <laughs> Can you talk about American Vandal? In the show, you're you're a dick drawing guy. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're the mean, guy that gets in trouble for drawing dicks. For drawing dicks on, spray painting dicks. Yes. So it's like making a murderer, but about drawing dicks. Cause I feel like a lot of people, if they don't know any better, might think it was like a literal documentary because it was parodying documentaries. One lady was just like, asked me, I, she asked me if I acted and I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, sorry, you look like someone <laughs> from this documentary I'm watching. And I was like, oh, do you mean American Vandal? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, is that you? I'm like, I hate to break it to you, but it's, it's, a, it's a scripted comedy show. And she's like, my husband's fucking with me. <laughs> the guys who made it just did a great job yeah. of making it look very, very real. Like yeah. they use videos from when I was a kid. Did you have any other struggles growing up or anything that, you know, made things difficult for you? And you know, I was actually thinking, it's probably about time I thank Dipsy for sponsoring this episode. What is Dipsy? Well, I am glad you asked because it is an app full of short audio stories designed by women for women. That's right, women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters and new content is released every single week. So in between listening to your favorite stories, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories. So you're set no matter how you like to consume these delectable little morsels. And for viewers and listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30 day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Padilla. And if you didn't hear me, that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsea stories.com 
slash P-A-D-I-L-L-A. Oh, and I almost forgot to tell you, Rocket Money is sponsoring this episode. Rocket Money is an app that helps you track your expenses so you won't waste your money on subscriptions that you don't even use. Like for me personally, I just recently found out that I was subscribed to Fabletics for the past eight years, which puts me out $5,000 and I, I'm not alone. Most Americans are just as stupid as me and they think that they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when it's actually much closer to like $200. Rocket Money shows you all your subscriptions in one easy place and then it cancels anything that you don't want for you. It can even find subscriptions that you didn't know you were paying for. Like, yes, I did just find out that I was being double charged for Spotify, but it's fine. It happens to all of us, right? Right? Just say, right. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money right fucking now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per years. That's rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right this second at rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. Now back to the world of Jimmy Tatro. Did you have any other struggles growing up or anything that, you know, made things difficult for you? I mean, you know, I've had a, I've had a pretty bad hearing loss since I was four. One hearing aid since uh, I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. um, most people don't know that. Mm. So they just think I'm an asshole. Why, for not hearing them? Yeah, because, you know, your back is turning, and they're like, Jimmy, 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 and they're like, fucking just ignoring this me. This guy's so fucking full of himself. He's yeah, on American Vandal, draws dicks all over the yeah, place, and now he's better than me? He's not even turning around. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of times where, like, people just, just think I'm a dick. And they're like, dude, I said your name, like, ten times. I'm like, I'm, I can't hear you. It's a genetic thing. I have it. My brother has it. Mine is mainly high frequencies. Like, if this is the graph of, like, low to high mm -hmm. and then the top is a hundred percent and the bottom is zero it starts like pretty normal around like 95 percent and then like it just starts to drop like down here mm. so then the mid-tones it really goes down and then and then like for some of the as it gets higher and higher i'm like pretty much almost deaf for like the highest pitches and then like mm. really can't hear most of the mids. So my hearing aids pump up the highs. I doesn't correct it entirely. I still don't hear that well, but it really helps with, like I call it the intricacies of sound. Mm. Like if a sync is on, without the hearing aids, I hear the but with the hearing aids in, I hear the trickle. Mm. Like what it really helps with is enunciating because the high-pitched sounds are like, you know, differentiating between like C, B, D, G, T, um, mm. and like also like S, H, S, F, mm. like sh, sh, sh. Yeah. Those are all the high-pitched noises. So those are hard for me to enunciate when I don't have hearing aids in because I can't hear them. Mm -hmm. And I also got really good at taking things out of context. Like I explained my hearing loss like Wheel of Fortune. Audible Wheel of Fortune. So you have some of the letters. So someone says a sentence to me, yeah. and I see the Wheel of Fortune situation, yeah. and I get maybe like 50% of the letters. And I can usually fill it in. And then with the hearing aid, you just get more. A lot of having a hearing loss, a hearing loss is like expecting what's coming. If someone says something to me that's so random that I'm, I'm not expecting them to say it all, mm. I have a much harder time hearing it. And also if my back's turned and I can't read lips, much harder time hearing it. Like, if I exit the room and you call something out after me, like, I'll hear your voice, but I'm not gonna understand what you're saying. Because I was embarrassed, I didn't wear the hearing aids all through, like, the second half of high school and in college. 
Like, I, I really shied away from embracing the hearing loss because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want help. I didn't, like, want to ask for help. From other people or? Yeah, just like, you know, in class, you're supposed to sit in the front of the room. And, mm. You know, you're supposed to ask for, like, certain, there's certain things that, like, mm. you need when you're, when you're hard of hearing. That teachers are usually happy to provide, but I didn't want to be in the hard of hearing world. I really didn't want to. And the way I saw it when I, when I was a kid was, was flawed. It's not cool to think of it like that, but that was unfortunately how I did. I didn't want to be in that community. I wanted to be in this community. So instead of like making my life easier, I just kind of, my brain just worked like twice as hard to try to keep mm. up. Has it made it difficult with like COVID masks? COVID you can't masks are like the absolute worst case scenario for people with hearing losses. Just when everyone had their mouths covered at all times, it just made things incredibly frustrating and difficult. Like you're on a plane and like it's already loud and then like a flight attendant like says something, I'm like, there's absolutely no chance I'm gonna hear what you're saying. And people always like, you know, when you don't hear, they like, if you're in a loud place, they'll like say it into your ear. I'm like, that's not helpful either. Mm. I need to like, just just mouth it, you know? Yeah. I need to look at your mouth when you're, when you're talking. And also you know that you only get two, maybe three what's before the person gets pissed off. <laughs> right, you've dealt with that. Oh yeah, so like after a certain point, so like when the when they say the sentence the first time and you're like, oh boy. I've been, at times I'm just like, I, I just wanna like give up on this and just walk away because yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hear what they're saying. And you're not gonna keep saying what? And I don't wanna keep saying it, but I say what again and I hear equal gibberish. Yeah. Like, oh boy, here comes the third one. Sorry, one more time, say it again and then you just like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and you're like, oh fuck, it wasn't a yes or no question. <sighs> and it wasn't and a It statement. wasn't a joke. It was a question. <laughs> yeah. I'm expected to say something. Like someone came up to me, I was at a bar like a week ago, and someone was like, said something I, I didn't hear. It's harder, like female voices are harder because they're higher pitched. Mm. Girl said something like over and over. I was like, what, what, what? I'm so sorry, I can't hear you. And then eventually it was like, I love your YouTube channel. And I was like, oh. Thanks. And she was just like, you <laughs> like know, it took like, you so like, long like, to get Jesus that. Jesus Christ, you made me say that like five times mm. and you feel bad. Yeah. You're like, I really didn't want to hear it five times. I wasn't trying to get yeah, you to tell me I, five I, times. I didn't want to make you say it. I just wanted to know what you were saying. But the biggest the, like pet peeve I have is when uh, people just go, never mind. Cause then you're like, fuck. That's, mm. yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. You know, it's interesting you're talking about it being more difficult to hear higher frequencies. I feel like your voice is deep. Do you yeah. think that that contributed at all to be like, these are more the frequencies that are easier to hear for you? Like, you I just got so. used to speaking in that tone? If that's what I'm hearing, it makes sense that that's what is coming out of me. On the upside, I can't hear like fire alarms and annoying beeps and stuff. So. Oh shit, really? Yeah. And then like, there's a lot of things I just can't hear when I have uh, my, my hearing aids out. Like if I lock my car and it makes a little mm. beep, I can't hear it. Are you ever like, now is a good time to take these out for some oh, peace yeah. and quiet? At the end of the day, it feels like taking your bra off. <laughs> I would imagine. I, I, I don't wear bras, but like you just take it out and you're like, oh. But the reality is that it's like a major factor and it always has been a huge impact on the way I am, the way I think, mm -hmm. um, the way I interact with people, communicate. 
So um, I've really started to understand it a little more. I think I think having a brother who had who had a worse hearing loss also made me not want to really ask for much because like he needs it more because he has a worse hearing loss so i don't want to i don't want to like ask for help but maybe not want to like be like i need these things my mom actually sent me an article a while back that about like people with my level of hearing loss like struggling a lot because they're the ones that don't seek help like my brother is fully happy to like he's got the big hearing aids that go around his ears he's proud of them he hooks them up to bluetooth and shit yeah his have all these capabilities because he's fine with them being a little bit bigger i always wanted just the smallest ones possible so i mean even the ones i have are like oh shit yeah i would never have been able to see that yeah oh. i got them in black too because i figure when you look into someone's ear hole you don't see skin color you see the see black the black of the ear hole so i got yeah. that and then it's like yeah, it's hard to hard to see. I would never have ever ever guessed. About yeah, it. I don't think I've ever talked about it. How does it feel talking about something that's been like? Does it feel like it was a secret? Like you kind of wanted to but couldn't because you didn't know how to break it? Yeah, and I think another thing is like, because like I had a show that was loosely based on my life that I was that I had in development, and like the dude I was writing it with was like, we should talk about we should talk about this. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to like exploit this for like gain but i think you know as i've gotten a little older i'm more comfortable with like talking about it in a way that you know i think will actually relate to people because yeah people that that do understand where i'm coming from it'll probably hit pretty hard and they'll probably like appreciate it and i think it also would help to reduce i don't know not reduce but i think that this i just think the stigma around hearing aids is is much less normal than um glasses mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it just seems more uncommon and people look at you differently and in reality it's just like it's the same thing it's helping one of your senses be elevated or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever so what is what's next man you are working on so many projects yeah I wrote a movie that I've been writing for about seven years. I, it just kept getting pushed to the back burner. It was something that I wanted to make for a really long time. I finally took it out like a month ago. I would star in it and direct it. So that is like my main goal right now is to try to do that. We also are working on a Real Bros of Simi Valley movie. Oh shit. We have a perfect ending mm. for the whole thing and we just i won't i won't rest until it's until it's complete and then i have a movie that's uh premiering at sundance or depending on when this came out premiered at it sundance. just premiered at sundance it went great it yeah. was so much fun everyone loved it, it won some so awards well received. how many awards did it win like, all of them all of them like it won every single award that was Man. crazy i also I, I have a machine a uh, movie coming out called the machine coming out in may where i'm i play burt kreischer when he was in college and if you're not working on projects you're snowboarding in antarctica <laughs> <laughs> I went to your Instagram feed and you literally have a video of you snowboarding in Antarctica, hanging out with penguins. Yeah, so that was wild. That was definitely the wildest trip I've ever been on. And it was really cool to explore Antarctica. Yeah. Um, and the, the expedition we were on had like all these marine biologists and scientists that like- You were on an expedition? 
Yeah, it was, it was a <laughs> it was an expedition. Oh, I went on an expedition to Antarctica. Yeah, I got. <laughs> I I just I was invited. Um, I had to go. There was no yeah, way no. to not go. To that. No. A lot of cool people, but like also a lot of people that really understood the world and the planet and like Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very interesting to talk to them and just ask them all of like the crazy questions and deep questions and questions about the earth. I learned a lot and it was really just like the best trip of my life. It's wild thinking about where you came from, knowing that you grew up struggling, you know, sleeping on the, the, the floor with your two siblings in one single bedroom and then flash forward, you know, 20 years and you're snowboarding in Antarctica. Like, it's kind of wild to see where your life can take you, you know? It is always nice to kind of step back and look at how far you've come. I talked about this before, but like, it often feels like you're just kind of, like you're climbing up a mountain and you just have your head down. I think it's important to have your head down a lot of the time to to really just make progress. But uh, it's also nice to every now and then just stop turn around and enjoy the view for a second and see how far you've come. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was definitely one of those moments where you just had to enjoy the view. Were you always buff? <laughs> I was, I've always been a little, a little buff. You're a buff child? I was a buff child. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was a buff boy. I haven't seen many buff children, but. Yeah, I was like the little sixth grader that had like a little six pack. How do you, how does that happen? I don't know. Were you like crunching it up? Like, what do you do? All I did when I was a kid was like play sports and do- You were just active. Skateboard, yeah, I I was active. I didn't play video games. I didn't like watch much TV. All I did was play video games. This Mm. was my, my body type was this. Mm. This is what I got really good at doing. Right.